Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion. We run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. Welcome to the AltaCast. It is Wednesday, September 7th, 2016. Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, has returned. I'm back. She has returned from Chicago. Yeah. She had a good time hanging out with her friends, doing the birthday vacay. Birthday vacay, because I deserve it. I turned 35, so fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, That's so young. It's so young. Okay, thank you. Because I'm on the other side of 30. You're on the other side. Yeah. Enjoy your 30s. The dark while they side. Yeah. <laughs> this shit gets real. I'm telling you, once you get over the 40 hump, people say it doesn't matter and it makes no difference, but that's an absolute lie. Really? Uh, yeah. It is so. I I've been having a nervous breakdown this whole week about like, what have I done with my life? Yeah. I'm turning 42 next month. I, I'm turning 42 in like less than a month. Yeah or just over a month, excuse me, like 32 days. And, um, I, you know, I feel like a big old failure. I don't. gotta be honest. How I don't, well, I know it's going in and out. I don't know what's wrong with the Gosh, microphone state. Now it's back in. Uh, yeah, we're back in. All right, cool. It's really, it's really fuzzy today with this. Stuff. Uh, I mean, but the master's degrees are meaningless. I don't make any money with them. I don't do anything Yeah, but with them. no one really makes money right now. Uh, yeah, but like, you know, I went to master's degrees for these writing things. I'm not doing anything in, I mean, I'm doing stuff in writing and comedy, but you know, people didn't really buy my book. It's like, I just have to sort of get down to the realization that I'm not special, just a normal person. It's my parents fucked me up and now my boyfriend fucks me up because when I was a kid, they told me I was so special and so great and so talented. <laughs> And then I believed it. And then when you don't, you know, get to be on the side of a bus, then all of a sudden you're like, uh, wait a minute. Uh, what am I doing? But um, I've been, you know, but it's anyways, I don't have kids, my failed marriage. You know, I feel like I'm not using my degrees. So this whole week has been like very like, but I th- a lot of it has to do with that my birthday is coming up. And I just don't feel like I've accomplished what I feel like I should have accomplished right but I by mean, this point in my life but you've also like you know what you've played house you went to school you've done all these things so these are accomplishments that people 
even at a later age haven't even had before. well I mean, there's the always there's always the fact that you could be stuck in a trailer park with five kids someplace and never been anywhere on an airplane that shit's real. That shit. See now, okay. So <laughs> thank you for perspective. <laughs> perspective. Perspective is always. It saves my 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 mental state all the Absolutely. time. Perspective. Perspective. I could be. You're right. I could have five kids and live in a trailer park, and make them eat peanut butter and jelly on Wonder Bread. Or you could have, you know, be wealthy and well off someplace and be miserable and drink yourself and to death or you know I, I love drinking myself to death that yeah. is the most fun but game because you're unhappy not, right, because not because because you're I'm, like having a good time right right your shirt is amazing by the way oh thank you latoya has fashioned herself out of a metallica master of puppets <laughs> like the sexiest awesomest cut shirt it's like this. dude it's hot it's, it's hot it is today. it's a it's a rad i love what you do you're gonna show me thank later you. how you did that all right i will fucking genius i, I try the sleeves are cut out. It looks looks great. Tied around the back. No bra today. See, Woo, jiggle you even, TV. You even have. <laughs> see, you've accomplished all kinds of things. You have your own. No, I design. have not. See, and that's the thing. And that's why I was feeling bummed out about like being on the other side of thirty. Because it's so weird that you know by this point everyone you know should have kids or get married or divorce or whatever. <laughs> and you know the thing is, I'm glad I went back home. But this is why I like going back home, back to my old posse because not all of us have that we're still kind of doing the same shit grinding and working you know you know trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents i do have some friends who are married who have twins and you know but also you know it's also nice to be around a group that is your age demographic and they're still having a good time they're still doing this you know not the same stuff they've grown up a lot but we're bartenders and work in the service industry or professionals so it's just like you know there's this double are professional yeah see now that's another thing i i get up down all the time and i feel like a lot of my disappointment in myself is that i'm sort of buying into the societal pressures of what they value and that's what gets me all caught up absolutely is that because my particular job isn't monetarily successful in any way shape or form but now bartenders are monetarily successful but somewhere there's a stigma put on that like that's not a real job right it's like awesome my bartenders are the coolest they're that's, therapists that's, they're providing a service yeah and the thing is it's just like i need to get that out of my head too because there are some people in my life that would say you know you can't bartend to your 40 you can't keep doing this i'm like why not and the thing is i was even talking to my aunt about this who's a professional she's a teacher professional i right, hate saying right. that stop it teachers make less than bartenders exactly et dubs but you know i was telling her you know with our generation working in corporate america there is no guaranteed if there's no such thing as security no, no, the no. most secure job to me is being in the service industry and even though i'm in at 35 you know i've i've never gotten laid off i've only been fired once um i i'm able to like make money and put money away and learn things as well. You learn about the products and the things that you serve. So that's a perk. And you learn about the people. And I people. Mean, and good, humans. Good bartenders. Uh, Observation. I just, I just met one uh, at the Knock Knock. Uh, call out to the Knock Knock on Saturdays 
really great happy hour. $3 IPA. They, they switch it around their $3 beer, but a $3 beer. Her name is Janiel, and she is rad. Nice. She put out snacks, and she's talking to me. She goes, you're one of my new regulars. And I'm like, I, I am? She's like, I can tell. I have a regular program. <laughs> she's like, I don't need to take any blood. You don't need to sign anything, but every fourth drink is free. And I was like, yeah, wow. And that would, that's, that's understood at other places, but it takes a while to be a regular. Oh, and absolutely. she's like, I can tell you're already a regular. I'm like, I need to hang out here every Saturday. I'm going to the lower hate and I'm sitting in this weird <laughs> that place underground is cave. I it's like that dope place. As fuck. Yeah. When Proposition 46 goes through and all the bars can uh, sell marijuana as well, they're going to be like, the dampering of San Francisco. There's one in Amsterdam called Dampering, and it looks a lot like that. It looks like an underground uh, Alice in Wonderland cave that you drink I, beers and smoke pot in. And it's badass. Oh, I, I d- Dampering is one of my favorites. It's on my top three list. Uh, it might be my number one actually in in Amsterdam, but it looks almost exactly. It looks really similar to the Knock Knock. That's cool. So I love going to that place. And the, and I noticed too, like when you go to places, the bartenders, they're not all young and what have you. Yeah. You know, a lot of they're especially a lot in San Francisco. Of, oh yeah, because it's like the safety net. And the thing is, it's just like, you know, going back to the fact of like, you know, having this notion of like, well, I have to have this career job, right? And work in behind a desk and want to kill myself and hate my family. Well. But it also, it, co- it goes back to when you are working behind a desk, it takes you away from labor. And labor is what the original, like, it's Labor Day this week. But we used to respect farmers and machinists and people that worked in factories. And that's how you work. That's how you made a living. But now everybody wants to be the cushy guy at the top that doesn't have to do anything. So we've created all of these jobs that are these fake jobs. The <laughs> stock market is not real. Okay, it's, it's a bunch of people attributing meaning and dollars to something that doesn't even, there's, they're talking about futures and what might happen in this and that, but it, none of that is real. And it's an entire industry of nothing, of crystal nothing. balls. It's, there's, they're not trading anything. You're not, and it's all trading numbers. Trading on a wish. But that's the thing is you're trading numbers too. And sometimes the money isn't even there to back it up. And you're like pretending that the, you're, you're, Pretending the money is there, but it's not there, and then they call you, and you're like, "Oh, I just, I better go bankrupt." But the thing is, the money was never there to begin. None of it's real. Yeah. It isn't like I am building this with my hands, and now I have a rug, or yeah. whatever. Like I'm <laughs> taking a bunch. Of, the, the coolest thing I saw on the TV the other day was the um, lady in Africa or whatever, and she was, or it was a refugee camp. It was a Syrian refugee camp. And it was like just over the border in Palestine, some, somewhere, somewhere over there. I don't know. I don't know what countries, whatever. But it was Syrian refugees. And the lady figured out a way to take plastic bags, like the kind that we take from Ralph's or pink ones or whatever, right? Uh-huh. And she was cutting them into strips and knitting with them and making like ba- other bags and hats. Using and, them into something. But knitting. Like they didn't have any yarn, so she was taking garbage, strips of plastic garbage, and knitting them together to make all kinds of crafts. And I was like, that is some fucking ingenious labor. That see, and that's and skills. That's, that's a skill and an accomplishment as well. And certain things that people haven't accomplished at a certain age. So that right there, that skill and the fact that she can accomplish doing something like that. 
is better than like saying well i'm at this age and so i have to get married now so i've accomplished something well it's completely different if you're in a syrian refugee camp i mean i don't know if you even get get to get married like yeah i mean disregard that yeah i mean how does it like what is and that's the other thing is then i started thinking about like oh woe is me i'm having moments of disillusionment meow because it's like seriously i mean like you said i could be I could be in a trailer park, or I could be in a Syrian refugee camp, or I yeah. could be in a mansion where you want to kill yourself. Yeah, or I could be in India and be a poop scooper. There's all kinds of like. Or you could be that mom that's popped on prescription pills and drinks her booze at like 9 a.m. Oh she man, hates I her love marriage. that though. No, that's <laughs> great. Benzodiazepines are like my best friend. I love benzodiazepines. Give me some. Give mama some <laughs> Valium and some and some rosé, motherfucker. I am down. I am down for the day. I probably shouldn't bring out the MF before our drug policy alliance update, but I just did. You just did. I just did. Uh, how were the drugs? How were how was how how were the drugs in uh, um, I did Chicago? some drugs, and I had to say no sometimes because there was too many offered. You know, it was just so there was a lot of drinking. And then there's all my friends had blow. It was so weird. Like you, where were you when I was doing it a lot? Like eight years ago, like all of them were like, Hey, you want to do a line? I'm like, dude, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. No, I don't. And it's just, it was so funny. It was just like, I can, I can get it this easy. So I guess it's easy to get now in Chicago. I don't ah, know, but yeah, they've got the connect. Yeah. And I did. I only smoked my weed because I brought my vape pen. Oh, how did that was? So, and that was no problem. That was no problem. The problem that I had was coming back here, leaving from O'Hare. I forgot my friend bought me brass knuckles, real brass knuckles for my birthday. And I totally forgot that they were in my purse, which was my carry-on. So I got pulled over by TSA. Totally forgetting. They're like, what are these, ma'am? My brass knuckles. By the way, they are a weapon. I... And so, they called you out on that. Yes. Yeah, so I got Whoa. had to stand to the side and give them my driver's license and you Whoa. know yeah. What? And it, I was just like, am I going to jail or am I going to miss my flight? Because either or would really suck for me right now. Um, but what, it, what they were just they were just they were, they were rings. Real brass, they were, they were real, real brass, brass knuckles. knuckles. See, yeah. I've seen someone that has a ring that goes with their pinky and their I, finger, and it says uh, "fuck you" on it. And then when you punch someone, it's backwards on their face, which is funny. There's a lady looking. Um, yeah. Hi. Uh, so, but uh, that's not technically brass knuckles. And we asked him the other day. We were really? like, when you. When you, when you fly, are those illegal? And he was like, I don't know. I haven't flown with it yet. And but, I don't know. I don't know if they would be or not. But your brass knuckles, so they took away your brass they took, knuckles. They took, they, well, they gave me the option. And this is a trick. So I took option B rather than option A. They gave me option A. We could mail them to you. You know, get your address. I'm like, you already got my driver's license. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be on your no-fly list. Ooh. And then two you know, leave them here so they can dispose of them. I took option B. Absolutely. Which is like, no, yeah, that's Dispose okay. of my dispose. weapon, please. I would that's, love you to dispose I'm, of my weapon. Meaning the fact I'm not trying to hurt anybody. Right. Because I, for me, I'm like thinking my conspiracy wills are turning. I'm thinking... If they, if I ask for them back, conspiracy in your yeah, brain keeps exactly. on turning. <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking if I ask for them back, 
what's going to happen? They're going to be like, oh, she asked for the back. So now we're going to have to check her every time. Right. You know, so that's what I was thinking. I'm like, no. No, no, no. You guys you don't need though. brass knuckles anyways. I your know, rings. You so, have your big girl rings. They were so dope. And uh, oh. you're fine. I only, for my birthday, all I got was booze, drugs, and brass knuckles. <laughs> Sounds like a good birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what kind of friends I have. Yeah. <laughs> but, How much was your just uh, before we get into the drug minute here, the drug alliance policy, drug policy alliance minute brought to us by Melissa Moore of drugpolicyalliance.org. Actually, I think it's just drugpolicy.org. Um, how much was your ticket? Uh, my flight there was two hundred and sixty-three dollars round trip, nonstop. Round trip, nonstop. Were there babies on the plane? Actually, the f- trip back was perfect. It was great. The trip there was terrible because of the airline, but they were not they were not screaming kids. But 268 yeah. round trip. That's amazing. Yeah, it was yeah. But you have to be tricky or be careful because United, they're tricky with their planes. Like my flight leaving out of SFO to O'Hare. This plane must have been an old ass pre-2009/11 plane because it had no TV. There was no place for me to charge my phone because in order for me to do anything on the plane, because I forgot my book like a dumbass, <laughs> um, I had to buy internet. Fucking internet was $10.999. Phone died. You had to buy internet I on the plane? I had to buy internet on this... I don't know how old this fucking Airbus was, but it was a terrible flight. Well, I couldn't I couldn't finish watching what, what I was watching on my phone or reading what I was reading on my phone because they had no chargers, so I bought internet that died within an hour. Wow. So, thanks a lot, United. But my flight back, which was United, was a lot better. And, you know, free perks on that plane. So, it's tricky. But the fact of the matter is paying $263 round trip nonstop is a deal. Is a super deal. Yeah. What, what, what just happened? Someone just brought us something into yeah, the studio. What, uh, late... Breaking news for us. Something's happening. There's, oh my gosh, it says to Pam Benjamin. Oh, oh it's from Louisa Isbell. She's so sweet. She says, Pam, thank you for all that you do from your tireless support of the Bay Area comedy scene to making mutiny uh, a dope, supportive space for comics and DJs. Oh, this is she. This is Louisa Isbell brought me baked treats from delivered freshly baked treats delivered this is really sweet louisa isbell oh my goodness oh my god they're cookies they look really good too holy fuck making pam's heart fuzzy i know that's really sweet wow she gets an extra long set tonight (laughs) that's crazy oh my gosh shout out to louisa isbell and whatever this is dobie's Wow. Thank you. That's so cool. It's the small things that make people stay. I mean, it's really, it's, I had a rough day. If you listen, you shouldn't listen to the joke workshop on Monday. I, it was only an hour because I had, I had totally melted down. I had a total meltdown. Ooh, now I really have to listen. I had a straight up meltdown. I was like, I can't, your next comic is a comic. (laughs) I was, I was like straight up melting down. It was bad. It's bad news. It was being, I was being very unprofessional, but I didn't care. I was, I was having a really, really bad day and I was crying a lot and it sucked. Oh no. Well, Uh, you don't need pills for that, do you? Well, if anybody has any benzodiazepines, I'll certainly take them. Um, short lived 
fast-acting benzodiazepines like midazolam. Now, you can only get that in the hospital while you're getting an abortion. Reason number 726 to have an abortion, midazolam is awesome. Uh, just so you guys know, um, I am Pam Benjamin. I'm a comedian. I make jokes. So don't, like, freak out if you're listening to this from... Drug Policy Alliance. But we're going to get into the Drug Policy Minute. Here we go. And we thank Melissa Moore for giving us this great stuff. For this week's show, number one, prescription painkiller deaths fall almost 25% in medical marijuana states. Why am I not surprised? Oh my, are you kidding? People are using different things for painkillers and it's making them not overdose and die. That's an amazing amazing thing that's incredible ah this is a study that recently appeared in the journal of american medical association shows a significant decrease in opiate overdoses in states that have adopted and implemented medical marijuana laws compared to states that have not the authors showed that through although opiate overdoses rose in states without medical marijuana laws during 2009 to 2010 they dropped by approximately 25 percent in states with medical marijuana laws during that same period While these data cannot show a causal relationship between the passage of medical marijuana laws and a decrease in opiate overdoses, they are consistent uh, with what medical marijuana patients have been saying for years, that they are consciously choosing medical cannabis over pharmaceutical drugs. The finding of this study has important policy implications that demand a closer examination of the possible expansive benefits of medical marijuana laws to both individual and public health, as well as what components of those laws make them more or less effective at improving overall health. Many of the headlines about this study stated that overdose deaths deaths were significantly reduced in the 23 states that allow access to medical marijuana. In fact, the study only evaluated 10 of these 23 states, those states with laws that were implemented between 1999 and 2010. Alaska, Colorado, Hawaii, Maine, Michigan, Montana, Nevada, New Mexico, Rhode Island, and Vermont. And not California. That's funny. These state medical marijuana laws all have features in... Oh, I see 99. We passed ours in like 96 or something. We were ahead of the curve. These state medical marijuana laws all have features in common in addition to their time of implementation that are not true of all the state medical marijuana laws. They all allow patients and caregivers to cultivate marijuana for medicinal use, ensuring patients continued access to marijuana. And as we learned last week, New York is different. <laughs> uh, oh, you weren't, you weren't here. I wasn't here. The crazy, this is crazy. So we learned that um, they're trying to change the laws in New York because although they've made it legal, there are only 17 dispensaries in the entire state. Jesus. Isn't that insane? That's crazy. And they can't sell smokable stuff. They can only sell tinctures and edibles. So what's the point? What's the point, right? So if you, you open access to the drug, but in this tiny little keyhole, and you just this tiny little pinprick, and you say, oh, okay, now you guys have access to medical marijuana. But in a state as large as New York, it's not a small state. No, it's not. There's 17 in the entire state, and there's no flour. It's all processed. It's just 
it's kind of strict like in Illinois too. Like they don't, um, they have medicinal medical, but you have to be like, you have to get a prescription from like your doctor, doctor. Right. It's, yeah. it's the same way in New York that there's only like four things that are covered. So certain things are covered in right. certain arts. So like epilepsy isn't, but seizures are, but epilepsies have seizures. It's like, it's, but it's again, it's, it's allowing access, but it's doing it through this. So that's what the drug policy Alliance is about is like looking at these issues and trying to change drug policy so that even as things are progressing, that we understand how to effectively, you know, implement policies that reduce harm and help people. And obviously if 25% reduction in opiate, that's harm reduction right there. I mean, overdoses and how many, okay. Now I love intervention. You know, you know, I love some some intervention. Yeah. There are so many people on so many pills and they're crushing up these pills and they're injecting them into their body. It's like worse or is it the same as black tar heroin? I don't know. Well, you know, it's funny because you've been watching intervention for a long time too, right? Yeah. Since like the beginning, it's funny. Like from the beginning of watching intervention, you had like your basic, like, you know, crackhead or heroin addict and meth. Now, Later, you know, as you're watching intervention now, you see more people who are addicted to prescription absolutely, drugs absolutely. on these on inter- different episodes rather mm-hmm. than like, you know, you know, they're a crackhead. No, they're a pill head. They're a pill right. monster. So it's so right. funny how you see more and more. And they always I love the fact they target mostly suburban people, <laughs> suburban white folks. So it's just like, you know, not your basic urban problem. But it's it's so funny. You get to see how much these prescription drugs like really fuck people it, up. and They're people scary. are over they're taking too many on the intervention all the time they'll be I'm like a, a tammy needs 27 takes 27 pills a day and it's like wh- what that's just toxic right there yeah even just even the vehicle i would think i mean i guess the vehicles that pills come in are inert but i don't even know that so if you're looking at pharmaceutical drugs you have to look at the vehicle kind of as well as the drug itself because it's a pill that's made of something yeah but I mean, it's nothing the, natural that's and that's right. a scary thing like anytime you take something that's like i just i just can't remember just seeing my grandparents pill box and right. how many pills they had to take in one day that to me is just like if it's not natural and you have to take this much in one day there's got to be something wrong well we have to change our bias toward medicine we've been taught for so long that you fix it with a pill oh something's wrong with you fix it with a pill oh you can't you can't pay attention in school fix it with a take pill. take take some Ritalin oh you can't function in your relationship take some Valium oh you're in pain <laughs> take some opiates yeah and instead of like you can't take a shit <laughs> and now there's that new stuff yeah. it's like oh you take opiates and now you can't poo so now yeah, you, have exactly. other, <laughs> you have to take this other drug to make you poo right and um i was talking to a nice lady on the back patio of benders and oh please eat a cookie um i talked to this nice lady on the back lady at benders and she was saying well i went to the doctor because i suddenly have high blood pressure and they were going to put me on medication but then the doctor said you know we can put you on medication or you can just lose 40 pounds and she was like, I think I'll just lose 40 pounds. Thank you. <laughs> like, that would be the healthiest that would be thing the, for you to do. Right. It, he, unless, you, unless you're trying to commit a slow suicide. Right. She was like, oh, I'm 200 pounds now. And if I was 160, this would not be a problem. And I was like, girl, then go for it. Like, just don't. But that's the thing is that I think a lot of people 
will take the pills and say, no, 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 no. Just give me the, just give me the. It's an easy way out. Blood pressure medication reduction. We're lazy. I think we are lazy. Uh, Okay, back to opiates here. Uh, these medical state, blah, 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 blah. These state medical marijuana laws all have features in common in addition to their time of implementation that are not true of all the state medical marijuana laws. They all allow patients and caregivers to cultivate marijuana for medicinal use, ensuring patients continued access to marijuana. They all allow for marijuana to be used for a significant number of medical conditions. They all allow for medical marijuana to treat and manage pain. They all allow patients to access the whole plant to marijuana containing both THC and CBD and to ingest marijuana through a variety of methods, including smoking and vaporizing. Concerns about increasing access to marijuana have driven some of these more restrictive states to take such a limited approach. However, we may eventually discover that it is increased access to marijuana by larger number of patients that is the driver of a number of health benefits beyond what was contemplated when the medical marijuana laws were originally designed. What this groundbreaking study shows is there has been a significant reduction in overdose deaths in states that have adopted robust medical marijuana laws with comprehensive, comprehensive patient access. Whether the same positive benefit will bear out in states with much more restrictive medical marijuana laws remains to be seen. New York. The findings of this study are not surprising. They are consistent with previous research findings that marijuana and opiates work together well, work well together to relieve pain, and that the use of marijuana allows patients to use less opiates, reducing their risk of overdose. Patients have been reporting this behavior for years. A 2009 study of 350 medical cannabis patients found that nearly three-fourths of them reported using marijuana as a substitute for prescription drugs with better symptom management and less risk of withdrawal as the primary reasons. These results have been replicated with several thousand patients, and the results were the same. While this data cannot show that access to medical marijuana causes a reduction in opiate overdoses, we do know that medical marijuana patients are engaging in substitution, and that rates of opiate overdoses fell in states with medical marijuana laws that provide a significant number of patients with meaningful access to marijuana. With prescription drug overdoses now the number one cause of accidental death in the U.S., that is nothing to scoff at. Uh, Amanda Ryman is the manager of Marijuana Law and Policy for the Drug Policy Alliance, and Tamar Todd is the director of Marijuana Law and Policy for the Drug Policy Alliance. Uh, that was written by them, and that's amazing. That's amazing that the number one cause of accidental death is drug overdose. I had no idea. Not cars, not blender accidents, not electrocution <laughs> not, by toaster oven. Not uh, walking across the street on your cell phone. And getting hit by a car. Is that an accident? Well, I guess that would be considered an accident. Yeah, because you're on your phone. Not even, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so prescription painkiller deaths fall almost 25%. That's great. All right. Number two, a young woman is faced with life in prison for selling heroin to someone who fatally overdosed. Now, this is the Good Samaritan law thing, and the thing that makes people nervous is that if someone is overdosing on heroin... People are afraid, possibly, to to turn them in or to, to call 911. Yeah. They're, they're afraid to call 911 because they think they'll get in trouble. Zach Wiseman uh, in the studio, do you agree with that? If someone is overdosing on heroin, do you call 911 or do you disappear? No, man. I let them, I let them have that out, you know? That's what they're looking for. Fucking ended. Good for them. Good job, guys. If you're dying, good for you. Wow. Cold-hearted. No, From man. The- that's, that's, that's compassion right there. Life's shit. 
Fucking, they got out. Zach, but if I found you and I thought you were overdosing on heroin, I would call 911. I'd be pissed if I woke up in the hospital. Would you really? Yeah, yeah. You'd be pissed at me? Absolutely, absolutely. I don't believe that. Because you'd want to die? Because you would take, because you know exactly how much to take. But it's an accident. The thing is that people, no yeah. one means to overdose. Maybe they some, do. Well, some, some, yeah, some, some people. people. Some people. Some do. people do. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. But, but some people are just having a good time and actually take too much. You know. Well, depending on what kind of good time you're having. I mm. I, I watch a lot of intervention, <laughs> and uh, and I I would I would call and then run. That's what I do. I would call and run because you you're call, not going to you find from what call, your cell phone. You no, hell no, not from my cell phone. Will you find a payphone? Some somebody else's phone. So, listen, people, listen. <laughs> someone overdosed. You know it's going to be at a crack house or a heroin house. Well, and so somebody there has a phone. So I'm gonna call that person's, <laughs> call nine one on that person's phone and get my black ass out of that house. There, save well, a life. So, but what are you doing in this heroin house, lady? <laughs> what are you exactly. Doing? Okay, so but they're trying to implement laws, these good Samaritan laws, where people don't get in trouble for saving their friends because that's fair yeah they're saying that people are afraid to i mean it's the same thing with teenagers when somebody drinks i mean too much alcohol and they're at the someone else's mom right and they're scared and they don't want to call 911 because they're afraid they're gonna get in trouble for the party and then all these terrible things happen Mm -hmm. and then you know yeah there's i mean uh there's a huge thing where uh, every time you're honest people penalize you for it even your your own parents have used your own words against you how are you going to fucking trust anybody? That, that's, you can't, can't trust anybody. Here we go. <laughs> a young woman is faced with life in prison for selling heroin to someone who fatally overdosed. Uh, in a new push for harsher sentences for opioid dealers, Brittany Bansher faces life in prison for selling drugs that caused a person's death. Look at this girl. Look how nice and clean cut she oh, looks. Oh, look at this little white girl. Oh. Life in prison for this girl. Oh. I say executor. Oh. For selling she got the opiates. Black she got she the was black sell- treatment. Let's, oh. let's see what's going on. A 21-year-old woman from Holly, Pennsylvania is facing life in prison for selling heroin to a person who died from an overdose. Brittany Ann Bansher was charged with possessing and intending to distribute heroin, resulting in the death of another person in September 2015. Bansher is also charged in a separate count with possession of intent to distribute heroin on a different occasion that September. The case was first reported by the Ponoco record, whatever. Bansher faces up to life in prison and $1,000 in fines. Okay, that seems stupid. She faces up to life in prison and a thousand dollars in fines, just a thousand dollars. Yeah, just a, just your life and just a thousand dollars. Life in prison and you have to say you're sorry. And a thousand dollars in fines for the charge of dealing to someone who died. She also faces twenty years in prison for the second possession with intent to sell charge. Bancher pleaded not guilty to the charges in her initial court appearance on Friday. The U.S. Attorney General's Office for the Middle District of Pennsylvania said that the charges against Bancher stem from a joint investigation by the DEA, boo, the Scranton Police Department, and the Pennsylvania State Police. We learned about the DEA a couple weeks ago that they were started in the 70s and they're they have a billions and billions, like a fifty billion dollar a year budget, Absolutely. and it's not even supposed to. Yeah, and it's terrible. And they they was a prostitute. They all had prostitutes one night, and they were all these guys that went undercover, people. and they were still doing. Oh, it's just, and they were stealing. We saw all the bad DEA things. It was crazy. I don't trust. Uh, those I don't trust them either. No, they're liars. This, I met them. I lied to them for a long time. <laughs> this case was brought about as a district wide initiative to combat the nationwide epidemic regarding the 
use and distri- distribution of heroin, the Justice Department officials said. To address this, law enforcement officials around the country are pushing for harsher sentences for individuals who sell to individuals who overdose or die from taking drugs. Oh, that's terrible. That's not fair. Because if they overdose, they were the one that put it together. I mean, you're not injecting them. You're just selling them the drugs. How is it their responsibility? She, she just got the black treatment. That's but this all. Is, this is insane. <laughs> because doctors can prescribe you. This is insane. Because doctors can prescribe you 60 Oxycontin, right? And that amount can kill you. Absolutely. If you took 60 yeah. Oxycontin, you could die. But if you right. bought 60 Oxycontin from this nice little 21-year-old girl here, she's going to go to prison for life? Yeah. Does she sell Oxycontin? No, she still, it says heroin. Heroin. Well, the thing is... Aren't they the same thing? Drug expert Zach Wiseman. Basically the same thing. Uh, One is pharmaceutical and one is... Trust me, I I don't agree with it at all. I think that's ridiculous. But that's nothing new compared to the community I come from. You know, you get people that don't even intend to distribute who get locked up for, like, life in prison because they're smoking their own supply. You know, so that, that to me... Do I feel sorry for her? Kinda. Is it new? Nope. You know, so it's just like, you know, it's just showing you that, hey, now you guys are you guys are starting to get it. You're starting to understand this whole war on drug and the drug the way we treat people with drugs and what have you is Absolutely. really fucked up. Really so fucked now up. now you guys are falling. You guys are late in the game though. That's the problem. The, <laughs> the reaction from law enforcement coincides with an increase in overdose deaths. Oh, I can't say overdose deaths. It's such a hard two words to say together. Overdose deaths around the country by opioid users ingesting heroin laced with fentanyl. Oh, God. A synthetic drug approximately 100 times stronger than morphine. Heroin laced with fentanyl. Fentanyl's dope. Fentanyl, I have only, I've taken it in its patch form. And I didn't like it, and that's when I realized I'll never be a heroin addict. We used to, we used to. <laughs> didn't like it. You take those patches, and you can squeeze out all the good shit. Yeah. And smoke out tinfoil. Oh. Or, you know, or inject it, whatever you want to do. Wow. I heard that it'll Maybe kill you kids. if you inject it. Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. I mean. Isn't that how Prince died? Or was that Michael Jackson? No, it was Michael no, Jackson. He died of fentanyl overdose? Yeah, he liked, he liked his Wow, fentanyl. that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh... Heroin laced with fentanyl, a synthetic drug approximately 100 times stronger than morphine. Last week, an accused drug dealer went on trial in Florida. Florida man faces life for charges tied to the overdose death of a buyer of a fentanyl-laced heroin. Yum. Recently convicted dealers in Chicago and Seattle have also received sentences of life in prison for selling lethal heroin tied to overdose deaths. Wow. It is, uh, this is what the Attorney General Eric Holder has said. That he believes that selling illegal drugs to someone that kills them is no different than a person who shoots someone with a gun. No, no. it's if you sell a gun to somebody. This is no. not, this is ridiculous. I don't agree because with that one bit. you sell someone a gun and then what, you're responsible for who they kill? I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with I what's d- happening. I, I do with- agree with your plastic bottle vodka though. It's glass, I'm a classy man. Okay, it's glass. All right. But, I mean, oh, this fuck right here. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I saw that fat fuck's face, and I got angry. Stats on drugs. Race but, don't back up main government. Wait, so that dude said that uh, selling people drugs and then having them die on it is the same as shooting someone. Exactly. That's what they're saying. So then so what like do we call you- doctors? What are doctors then? Well, they're, they're gunslingers. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. gunslingers. Right. Exactly. Like if I ever caught my wife with lab coats. If I ever caught my wife in bed with another man, I would try You're to married? sell that man drugs. You know what I mean? Cuz it's like shooting him. Same thing. So yeah, sell that man drugs. 
You with a that's wife a good, would that's be a good weird. New, that's a good so, new joke. Yeah, you just put your what? analogy with a, a wife. Dysfunctional lady. That would be a really oh my god. Let's get off that so? topic. Do you Absolutely. <laughs> you don't think that you're worthy of love, Zach Wiseman? Well, love doesn't exist, but yeah. Oh yeah. We've had this segment before too. Have yeah. we had this segment before with Zach Wiseman? Was I drunk when we had this segment? I don't remember. The the whole love aspect of it doesn't exist. Yeah, it it doesn't. does. Does not. Love exists. I, it's it's weird hormones in your brain. It's monkey brain. You got monkey brained. It's I but the hormones continue existing for three years. Yeah, that's how that's like okay. Love exists because uh, monkeys figured out how to masturbate. And then their brain's like, oh shit, we're gonna die off. We're gonna die off. They can just come whenever they want. We just... And then it made uh, things love each other. Um, no. This is a really interesting theory. <laughs> no. I'm gonna have you to need, have you on some You need a hug. <laughs> you need a fucking. You need someone to love you and hug you. He so, needs, baby, yeah. it's okay. He's you afraid, want, he's afraid he's of someone afraid. actually loving him. Baby, here's yeah. some chicken to make Ugh. you love. <laughs> uh, hey, nice food stamp card on the back of your. Uh, What's, hey, what's your balance? Life, baby. They just lowered my bat. They just lowered me to 127 a month. Again? Again. They. I was at 167, then they went to 140, and now they went down to 127. Okay, they need to stop. I'm like, you guys need to stop. Maybe you need to get on heroin so money. you don't have to eat. Right. Heroin is that, doesn't curb your appetite as much as you would like. Okay, cocaine. There. That's I know. I can't. Amphetamines. That's what. And I can't do. I. I can't do uppers. I'm such a jerk when I'm on uppers. I, I just love can't uppers. do them. I'm, I just don't like them. I just like things. I up just my like nose. weed. That's like yeah, I'm you, such yeah. a I'm an old lady. I'm such a lightweight. Anyway, Pam. That's true. You're, you're up in Adam. Yeah. I would I would lay lay down forever if I could. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the heroin usage. Uh, I need to uh, turn off my phone. Oh, Timothy Pizza in the house in the hizzy. That's exciting. Uh, he's here. We'll tell Zach Wiseman about the new show. The new show that we have. Okay. From two to four on Wednesdays is called Some Call Me Tim. And it is the first hour is me interviewing a different person every week about their relationship to religion or their non-relationship to religion to the one God, the many gods, the old gods and the new Satan. Carlos Castaneda, mushrooms, whatever the fuck they believe Scientology. in. Scientology, Mormonism, whatever. No, I, I just want to talk to people every week, a different person, and interview them about their connection or disconnection with religion. Because I'm a Bible scholar, and I know a lot about the Bible. I even brought a Bible with me, and I brought a Catholic Missal that Whoa. was my father's. What does that mean? A Catholic Missal is a book like a that um, yeah it's a big red it's, book it's a book that tells you all the prayers in both Latin and in English so that when you go to mass you can observe the mass like a good Catholic uh, it's just a book on how to do mass that they give they used to give kids it's like from his in the 50s or something and so I have that it has some cool pictures of Jesus and then I also brought a Bible just in case I want to bring out some quotes and stuff but uh, so some call me Tim the first hour is going to be an interview with a person this week is drummer comedian Aaron Barrett and then the second hour is uh, Pervert Fervor, which is uh, a new band by uh, Tim Pizza, Timmy. And he is Pervert Fervor, and he puts all his moogie machines and his beepity boop boxes up, and his boop 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 boop, and his drum machines, his boop doo doop 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 doop. And he makes music for an hour. So it's going to be like first we talk about gods, and then we listen to trippy music and you can talk to God if you want you can pray or talk to any kind of higher power if you do that if you pray if you're into that whole kind of thing anyways that's what's coming up that's 
uh, later here on Mutiny Radio. Some call me Tim. And so the reasoning is that, you know, it's from Monty Python, the Holy Grail, and they're in search of the Holy Grail, and that's a whole religious movie that's really silly and ridiculous about, you know. And I've got God, and God shows up, and he's a big puppet, and he tells you with his mouth. (laughs) I love all that stuff. Uh, Stats on drug trafficking. Race don't back up main governor. This is a, that's a, that's such a weird, like, thing. no law enforcement statistics even come close to backing up Republican governor Paul LePage's assertions that blacks and Hispanics count for 90 plus percent of heroin trafficking arrests in his state. Cause there ain't no color people in Maine. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, also, if you fucking push a people out of whatever system you're in, then they're going to, you know, create or use whatever but there's no statistics at all that back up 90 plus percent of heroin trafficking arrests are done by blacks and Hispanics in his state. LePage, who previously told the Portland NAACP chapter to kiss my butt and blamed, that's a quote, kiss my butt. Kiss my butt. Why don't you eat my shorts? And blamed out of state drug dealers for impregnating young white, white girls. girls. Yeah. <laughs> Sparked another yeah. racial uproar yes. when he said August 24th, the data he'd collected indicate out-of-state blacks and Hispanics accounted for 90-plus percent of heroin trafficking arrests yeah. in Maine. Is he on heroin? What is happening here? Oh, this is the same guy that called... Yeah, FBI data contradict LePage's assertion, and a criminologist called the governor's data laughable. Meanwhile, members of the black community in Maine, the whitest state, fear LePage's <laughs> comments strengthen racial stereotypes and tacitly approve of, racial, approve of racial profiling. I think this fear-mongering and these us-against-them kind of statements do not advance the community conversation, do not address the real issue of drug abuse, said the Reverend Kenneth I. Lewis Jr. pastor at the Green Memorial AME Church, Maine's oldest African-American congregation in Portland. The Maine Department of Public Safety doesn't include race when compiling and analyzing crime data. Thank God. And the most recent crime data for the FBI suggests the governor's claim doesn't pass muster. The FBI data show that blacks accounted for 14% of the total of 1,211 drug sale and manufacturing arrests and 7.4% of 5,791 total drug arrests in Maine in 2014, the most recent numbers available. Broken down by type of offense, the data shows that blacks account for 36% of arrests for selling and manufacturing cocaine, opium, and their derivatives, and 26% when synthetics narcotics include most prescription narcotics were included in the tally. The FBI doesn't include a category for Hispanics in its statistics. <laughs> Far from this 90 plus percent, the FBI figures could reflect even higher numbers of black offenders than reality because of small sample size, racial profiling, and other factors, says Jack McDevitt, director of Northeastern University's Institute on Race and Justice in Boston. At a town meeting, LePage made these comments. Let me tell you this, explain to you. I made the comment that black people are trafficking in our state. Now, ever since I made that comment, I've been collecting every single drug dealer who has been arrested in our state. I don't ask them to come to Maine to sell their poison, but they come. And I will tell you that 90 plus percent of those pictures in my book, and it's a three ring binder, are black and Hispanic people from Waterbury, Connecticut, the Bronx and Brooklyn. LePage said the contents of the binder 
are news clippings, not scientific data. <laughs> that he began collecting in January after being criticized for saying out-of-state drug dealers were impregnating young white girls. <sighs> wow. Why would you ever say that ever? I because he's a stupid white why, man. Why would yeah. Trump? Why would why would Trump Trump call all Mexicans murders and rapists? Because they're stupid white people. Why, why would yeah. they? I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record. I bet I would bet you two hundred dollars you didn't say that. That they're murderers and rapists. I, bet you I can I can give you the quote. I can show all, you the quote right Mexicans now. Mexicans are murderers and rapists. I'll give you the quote yeah. right now. Trump, uh, Mexicans. Yeah, he he said rapists. That shit. Quote. That's what I'm putting in to the internet, right? Look, look how much you're going to find. Trump, Mexicans, rapist what? quote. Uh, Donald Trump speech, debates, and campaign quotes. Uh, okay, how about this? Nine outrageous things Donald Trump has said about Latinos. It's got to be in here. Oh, yeah, that's in how much uh, He called Latinos immigrants, criminals, and rapists. Here's the actual quote. Uh, let's see Mex- if I can do a Trump voice. Do it. <clears throat> Uh, how, do you, how does Trump sound? When, Me- Mexico. when Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems. And they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. <laughs> that's the quote, Zach Weisman. Yeah, that, that's a far cry from all Mexicans are, are, are rapists. And- okay. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. still, it's still, and, and they're also, rapists. Also, also, he said they're rapists. <laughs> the, the the illegal illegal immigrants that are undocumented, he was referring to, and that he probably has a point that uh, undocumented immigrants have a higher rate of rape and whatnot. No, he does not. What? What? Are you kidding? He he's, he he what? said he's. Okay. Read, read that quote again. Read it, read okay. it again. When okay. Mexico when Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. He's talking to Mexicans right there. Two Mexicans. Oh, you think so? I think he's talking to white people. Yeah, because there ain't there are no brown faces up in that crowd. Yeah. Of course there are. It's it's politics. He's he's fucking buying brown people to fucking put in his audience, if anything. I I don't I, I can't yeah, I'm I'm not even gonna go there with you. That's in Trump's fine. speech when I'm he announced his candidacy per you. president, he began by comparing Mexican immigrants to rapists and then decided to broaden the scope to insult all Latinos. After his initial rapist's remark in his speech, the candidate expanded his comments beyond Mexico. It's coming from more than Mexico, he added. It's coming from all over South and Latin America. Uh, He said Mexicans and other immigrants were killers, too. But you have people coming in, and I'm not just saying Mexicans. I'm talking about people that are from all, people from all over that are killers and rapists, and they're coming into this country. Okay, he's he's referring to poor people coming into America, basically, and poor people more prone to to do like violent bad things. What? I don't agree with that. Absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Oh my god! It's it's not it's it's not because it's not because they're poor (laughs) and that equates. It's it's because they they don't have any. If you take anybody's uh, anybody's ability to move up. Or, or improve their life at all, then they're just going to do horrible shit because there's nothing else for you. How about that, this? That works across the board, any human. How about this one? He provided evidence that Latino immigrants were rapists. Well, 
Somebody's doing the raping, Don. I mean, somebody's doing it. Who's doing the raping? Who's doing the raping? When asked to provide evidence for his claim that Latino immigrants crossing the border were rapists on CNN's The Situation Room, Trump told host Don Lemon that he got his information from a Fusion article. When Lemon corrected him, explaining that the article actually said 80% of women and girls from Central America are raped by human smugglers, gang members, other migrants, or government authorities while immigrating to the U.S., Trump shot back dismissing the victims and suggesting Latino immigrants were the ones raping the victims. Look, guys, I'm not supporting Trump here. All I'm saying is you guys are buying into the propaganda. You're buying into the hype too hard. I'm I mean, saying, you, you were totally on board with uh, Trump said all Mexicans are rapists. Because that's what he's basically saying. That's not what he's basically he's, saying. He, he, he's yes, saying, he's, he's saying, using fear. He's, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. He's saying a bunch of inflammatory shit, but also you guys are buying into the other side, and it's there stupid. I don't, believe, I don't like Hillary either, but we don't have a choice. We can't have Trump. You just, yeah. I just, really? That, that's so I'm, insane. That's so insane to me that you think, okay, over, over, the, over the last, over the last, your lifetime, could you tell if you didn't know the results who was president? Could you tell? Absolutely. How? Because Jimmy Carter has a heart and he was a nice guy. Okay, okay. When, when, when it went from uh, Bush to Obama, what was the change you saw in your everyday life? A brother running the office. See, that, 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 that's not your everyday life. That's, that, that's way. That's but so no. many states away. What change did I see in my everyday life? I actually, you know what I, you know what I that saw. That was two thousand eight. In two thousand eight, actually, I did see something. I actually saw, and I got involved, where people, all types of people, were actually grassroots and working and working together to to change things because of what happened for the past eight years of the Bush administration. Change and you even things. had, you had, and, and you have Republicans as well, households. I remember going over to Indiana and going on foot, going to, to each different door in a wealthy community, and they were voting for Obama. And these people had not voted Democratic before. So yeah, I did see that kind of change. Now, that is eight years later. But you know what? The thing is, just like, politics is a game, period. I, I don't know. believe, I don't believe in everything that the politics politicians say but i do i do believe when i see an asshole that's a fucking asshole and that asshole and I, i'm not gonna vote or even justify anything that this fucking orange leatherface dude says because he's he's ignorant now do i i mean he has a history of discrimination anyway so i mean i i as totally my, fair I'm not, I'm, I'm not defending him i'm not uh, defending my him at thing all is this i i i can't i can't vote for a klansman Come on, and I know, and I know, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a hundred percent Hillary Clinton I, supporter. I don't, I don't really but, like Hillary. That but much the either. thing is, I am going to exercise my right to vote for the lesser of evil. Is she evil? Yeah, but is she evil as this fuckface? And like, I mean, he's uneducated. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what he's doing. I'm I think, uneducated. I think that, but you're a smart guy. I guess oh, he Trump, might be. A yeah, smart he's guy probably too. dumb too. Yeah, yeah. That's. You don't have to have a piece of paper to be smart. What I'm saying, just having common sense. He has no common sense. He, these things no, that he he's says. he's a liar. He's yeah, just a liar. He can't he's not even, trustable. he can't. He, but everyone in politics But I'm a liar. So. You guys, you All guys politicians are liars. They're horrible actors. Are you, are you a liar, Zach? I am a liar. I, I lie all the time. Do you it really? It's just harmless lies. Yeah. About I, what? It's one of my favorite things. It's one of my favorite. If, if somebody, uh, they're really inane. Like somebody would be like, uh. So, uh, blah, 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 uh, they're, somebody's running for office. I'm like, no, actually, they, they dropped out. They, they had a sex scandal thing. They're like, really? And I'm like, nope, not at but all. But you're not, not but you're doing it for comic effect, so that's different. <clears throat> 
And not always, not always. I mean, look. Sometimes you what, lie what to I'm doing, what I'm doing no, now is pretending no to su- support Trump because you guys have your blinders on, and that you, whether you want to believe it or not, I'm I'm looking at it. I don't so. have blinders. on. I don't on. have any blinders on. Please. I know, I know, yeah. the, I know it's, the it's whole. It's a hard thing. It, it's hard. It's thing not, to talk no, about, it's not I, a hard thing because the fact of the matter is, just like I'm telling you that I don't trust trust politicians either or. But also too, there's a side of me where I've had, you know, there are ancestors of mine who had died to fight for the right to exercise the right to vote. Which again, I also think the voting system is fucked and fraud. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I do agree. So I'm not blind. I'm not blind at all. You know, I don't believe. I think I think the media gives this fool too much time, airtime. And if they didn't give him so much airtime, he wouldn't be. We wouldn't be talking about this. That's mm-hmm. the problem right there. The media is the problem that creates this like you know big discussion about a guy who he isn't. He's, he's just he's not. not worth, he's not worthy. To he's even, not worthy. He's never held a political office. How can he be the president? Yo, okay. Holding a political office should not be a standard for holding a political you office. I think those, it, once the you're highest in that, political like, office. Once, once you're in that's that like shit, being a, you get more and more yeah, corrupt. But, but that's like once a, you're but, in it, you more corrupt. Yeah, but he, PTA, Sorry. anything, anything, PTA, dude. And he, he's never held a political office. How does he know how to hold a, a political office? It, 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 how do you know yeah, how to do something it, if you've never you done ha- it? Exactly. That's like, hey, Pam, you want to be a surgeon? Let's go like. Yeah, that's let's different. go be nope, surgeon. That's entirely yeah, let's different. Go be that's surgeon. No, that's no, that is not. skills. He has no idea brother, of international diplomacy. He has no idea. There is a skill. To okay. Like like Hillary Clinton has great international diplomacy. Oh, she's doing her. She's been the secretary of state. She she's, didn't do a she, great job, but she did the she job. Knows, she knows a little bit more than this fuckface. I mean, come on. And she was the president's wife. She knows what's going on. Okay. Nice. She was a this, lawyer. This actually leads into <laughs> President Monsanto. Obama. The, I, I know she's 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 terrible too. Okay. This leads into uh, the Philippines leader calls Obama a son of a bitch. Oh yeah. Rejects lecturing from U.S. on human rights. Here we go. Oh, there's. Oh, yeah, an, I hate the ads. No ads, no ads, no ads. Uh, we love you, Zach Wiseman. I'm sorry that you don't have any love in your life and that you're going to die hug. alone, but <laughs> we, we love you. Need a puppy dog. He needs... Poor Zach Wiseman. Unicorns. See, he's so smart, he t- can argue us into the ground. But uh, I don't... We don't, we don't, we don't support Trump here in any no. way. I don't really support... Hillary that much either, but here 20 we go. and the run up to another international summit of Asian leaders in Laos that's scheduled for Tuesday. Barack Obama cancelled a meeting with the president of the <laughs> Philippines. That was after Rodrigo Duterte swore at his U.S. counterpart on camera and promised to do so again, but to Barack Obama's face. You must be respectful. Don't just throw away questions and statements. Putang ina mumurahin kita dyan sa forum na the Philippine leader has it's since expressed regret that his comments were perceived as a personal attack on the U.S. president. Barack Obama, in turn, called Duterte, quote, a colorful guy. Uh, just last month, uh, the Philippine head of state went as far as suggesting that being offensive is good for the budget. So that Kerry, pumunta dito, nakain kami, iniwanan pa kami ni si Dilpin ng 33 million dollars. So okay to ah. The Philippine head of state certainly has a history of not mincing his words. Recently, he voiced his anger against several international officials after they criticized the way he handles the crackdown of the drug crime in the nation. 
President Duterte has even threatened to cancel his country's membership of the United Nations if foreign officials keep telling him what to do. When you bomb Syria and Iraq and you kill communities and you kill children and old people and hospitals, what is it? And why is it that United States is not doing anything? I do not read anybody in that stupid body complaining about the stench there of that. But what do you think that Americans did to the black people there? The Philippines, an important strategic partner of the U.S., hosting American military personnel at five of its bases. The countries also share trade contracts worth $25 billion. Well, as some analysts gave us their reaction to the rift between the American and Philippine leaders. They say Duterte's blunt remarks suggest the Asian nation is not afraid to stand up for itself. I don't think it's so much the words and the tirades, it's the, it's the reality behind them uh, that Washington has start, has got to start coming to terms with, with what Mr. Duterte is calling for, uh, sovereign respect between countries. The idea that our so-called allies, our satellites, are just our clients that have to do what we told is something we're going to have to start rethinking in this country. Uh, this, this kind of relationship with countries like the Philippines and frankly our other international partners simply cannot go on as it has been. Yeah, I, I don't think he was actually insulting the uh, late mother of the U.S. president. He was merely uh, uh, expressing uh, what, what or how he would feel should the U.S. try to intervene uh, in Philippine uh, policies or in, in, in its domestic policies. In the long run, uh, the United States hasn't really been helping the Philippines. Uh, it hasn't helped us in any way in the claims uh, in the West Philippine Sea against China. It hasn't helped uh, improve or develop our own military capability. It hasn't helped improve our economy. So uh, what are we really losing? Uh, not much. We're not going to lose uh, a lot of support or help from the United States. All right. So uh, he said it in his, he said it in, uh, in Tagalog. He said they called him a son of a bitch, which was interesting. Well, here's the thing, though. If people don't know what Philippines policy we're talking about, it's the one where um, Duduerte said um, that you could just kill somebody who's a drug addict. Yeah, or, you know, looks like they're a drug dealer, what have you. Right, you just kill them. Just kill them. Yeah, it's mass murder. Uh, it's, just, we're just, it's just Barack Obama sort of calling out for mass murder and saying, hey, bro. How about you don't kill every mass murder everybody? And he's saying, ah, don't be involved in our policies, you know, you, you son, of, son a of a bitch, son of a goat. You son of a bitch. And and then his response, Obama, you could have came a little bit harder. He's Obama, very colorful. You could have came a little bit. He's oh, a little no. bit a colorful person. Yeah, uh, he's colorful. Of course he is. So that is the drug policy alliance. Update. Thank you to Melissa Moore. We really went off on tangents. Apologies, Drug Policy Alliance, if you don't like our our swearing. But we are getting your news across to our UltaCast listeners of what is happening with drug policy in the United States and beyond. And I think that's important, especially considering how much I love drugs. Yeah, it affects everybody. Does some kind of drug? I mean, if it's prescription or you know and the fact that alcohol is legal yeah and it is one of the most debilitating drugs i mean so uh i had a kind of a bender uh and i had a moment on the second day of my drinking where i was you know drunk for the second day in a row and i was like uh 
I could so easily get used to this. The only thing that's hard is around four o'clock having that IPA and continuing to drink. <laughs> There's just a rough spot around 4 p.m. And then once five hits and you've had that one, everything's cool. So it's like, and then it kind of goes into the night until about 10 o'clock where I get real tired and go to bed. And then I wake up at like 10 again and I feel like shit, so I have a beer. And then I keep going and then it gets rough around four o'clock and then I push, push through it and then the rest of the night is fine. And I, and I realized like, this is, this is a, I mean, you know, I only did like a two and a half day bender, but it's a debilitating drug. And I, I could see myself just doing that, falling into falling that. into it. Cause it's really easy to live that way. It's scary. I had a friend of mine admit to me a couple days ago that, you know, he's an alcoholic, um, because you know, he went on this month bender and he lost Ooh. his job and Ooh. you know, they were calling him and he didn't pick up the phone and you know that and that's a scary thing because I all, I too like to drink but I can't go on benders you know because I once I feel like shit the next day then that's you don't you can't drink into it no you I can't, can't drink into the next day no I can't so um, but even I you know I told myself I promised myself you know that I was going to try to curb a little bit of my drinking like you know to a point where you know maybe it's once or twice a week not like you know three or four times a week because working in the industry where I work at where I'm around alcohol and I can just pour myself a drink at any point in time yeah, for free it can be kind of hard or you know there's a wine tasting or a whiskey tasting and all this you know and I can I can see myself falling into that trap so it but alcohol is like really it's it's a really fucked up drug and I push people on it and I make money off them too yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 one of the, one of the scariest easiest ones that you can probably get hooked to in my in my point of view. Yeah. You know. I agree. I uh uh alcohol's really rough. I'm well, I'm hoping I'm hoping that with um you know the advent of the 40s of pop 46 that it's going to change and there's going to be I mean there's it's a whole new industry and I might be a a, a, like a weed tender or something, yeah. you know? Like I don't know what what happens. That that would be dope. That'd be super dope. Literally, but dope. Uh, I'd like to thank Luisa Isbell again for the cookies. This is really uh, a sweet note, and that you had cookies delivered here at the station is. I ate one. It was tasty. Pretty amazing. Uh, I'm gonna eat one now. We're gonna listen to some um, some drinking songs uh, that are hip hop because I appreciate. Latoya, I know you don't like hip hop. <laughs> I love hip hop. Do you what? like hip hop? Yeah. Do you know there's a Billy Corgan uh, poetry book on the piano? <laughs> no one stole it yet. No one stole it yet. Not even me. And Smashing Pumpkins is like my favorite band. That's how white I am. I love Smashing Pumpkins. Right. I can't wait to read. Well, at, when we come back from this drinking song, I'm going to read a Billy Corgan poem to you guys. He needs to get punched in the He's face. He's going to be like. I'm, I'm, I'm such a little whiny bitch. Like I've met him a couple of times. I hate okay, his face. Go. This is. <laughs> he looked weird when he shaved his head, though, didn't he? He looks like I don't know what he looks like a he looks like a cabbage patch kid. You know, one of those bald ones. Fucking punchable head. Are you gonna Are you gonna read one real quick for us before we go to the musical break here? Sure. Yeah. I'll yeah. Read a, this read is a Zach Wiseman relaying uh, a Billy Corgan poem to us. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. All right, this is a poem by a gay vampire, Billy Corgan, and this, this poem is called uh, Barbarians. Muted tones and halftones, 
barbarians watch me quiet like it's important that you arrive at such and such a place at such and such a date okay I think I understand rebellion is a chore under these circumstances misguided pointless must save energy turn insights into action buck up deliver on a scale of new dimensions expand the box kill the feeling systems on check communications poor white sand in my hair in my mouth it pours out as I speak it can be rid of its reminder uncovering skeleton key boxes in the basement debris from the past unions hastily unpacked make a new hiding place ring the bell now sleep now wish now arise now eat now move now survey what's left it's uh, barbarians by a gay vampire that was terrible can i tell you why can that i tell you why with my emophilian poetry that's a terrible poem oh, absolutely go for it okay so once he gets to the illusion about the sand then he changes it to dust he has no he has no through line of similar no metaphor imagination. he's all over the place there's no imagination no, there's no th- there, and, and there's so many abstract feelings pointless it, it is it is so sophomoric junior high the concept that he has his poetry book published and i don't have i mean i have my mfa like thesis published but i don't have a poetry book published uh, is this a bestseller i hate this fucking guy this goes for 18 dollars us and 26 canadian <laughs> that was like the that was like okay that, that's almost as bad as uh britney spears wrote a book of poetry in 19 19- <laughs> I'm sorry, in like 2004. Are you serious? Britney Spears wrote a book of poetry in like 2004 or 2006. And it's really funny because she has this one poem where it's tiger, tiger, burning bright, except she spells it with a Y because it's an homage to the Dylan Thomas poem. Uh, And anyways, it's, it's... so bad. Can I read a Billy Corgan poem? Absolutely. Oh my God. It sounds like so pretentious oh, as fuck. We're going to have to listen to some Billy Corgan songs. Oh, see, know. this is why his face is punchable. Stick to lyrics, bro. Dude. Yeah. No kidding. Now sleep. Okay, now now s- walk. Now, now right. Now, now to the left. Now, now to the right. Yeah. And touch your toes. God, <laughs> bald little vampire guy. We'll, we'll read a short one. He later. is such an asshole in person. I bet. He's such a super duper asshole. All right. Punch his face. On the maypole. This is a short one. <laughs> On the maypole. Uh, I should do it in his voice. Around the maypole with a childish eye. Rushing through autumn days. You know, he just missed an opportunity. I rhymes with sky, you fuck. You could have said around the maypole with childish eye rushing through autumn sky and done a little couplet there. Although the... The, there's no cadence whatsoever. Around the, around the maypole with a childish eye, rushing through the autumn days, wrapping blankets around frames, wishing in the sky, no matter where you stand, you stand here with me, missing simple times, mixing blood with rose oil. <laughs> we are leaving too soon to make new, fr- to make new friends. We shall not remember. Okay, so we are leaving too soon it's to the make. Fucking reason I this hate is, poetry. This is. This is. Wouldn't have to make new friends if he kept putting blood in his pasta. Okay, so this, 
the, the last the last triptych which means three lines in a row aren't bad we are leaving too soon to make new friends we shall not remember that's not bad that's not bad poetry. That can go somewhere. In a but lyric of a wishing, song. Wishing in the sky, you fucking 12-year-old twat girl. Get off. Like, give me a break. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is sophomore. At, I mean, ugh, let me find another short one to make fun of him. I'm sorry. This, oh, this is god-awful. I, I would god I could write awful. a thesis about how bad this is. This, you know what? This makes me so angry. This is just like Madonna's shitty children's book. I actually wrote a really good children's book. Will it ever be published? Probably not. Why? Because no one knows who the fuck I am. I have a great, I have like so many poems. I've had 50 poems published internationally and internationally in my life. Do I have a book deal? No. This fuck has a book, poetry book deal? Pam, I, I have an idea. Why don't you send him your book of poetry so he can learn some stuff? So he can learn some so stuff. So he can, you can school He's him. He's not going to learn anything. You should just, you should just uh, make notes on his book of poetry and then just send it to him. Yeah, that's, that's true. Great. Yeah. Grade it. Grade it. Grade. All roads. This is the last one I'll read and then we'll listen to some Smash and Punches. All roads, gather me up some stars sprinkled from your eyes. Beckon forth the little sighs. All right, you got a little rhyme there. Should all roads disappear but one, then leave while I am sleeping? Roads don't leave. I'm sorry, that's me commenting on it. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. These hours watching from windows play music without autumn. The scripting of light moves ever so slight wherever I sit today. Hands go through glass and dreams through you and whatever passes as a chance also passes for truth. May I tumble? May I call? May I find you at all? I don't know, sounds good. No, it's no, I really... Like it. I like it. Probably really I still want to punch him in the fucking face. Is this one about... Ta- yeah. Play music without put, autumn. Don't forget. This is you know. Put it, hands through glass. So this is th- this reminds me of I used to do this thing to make money, and I might have to do it again because I don't have a job right now. But uh, I would go down to the civic center with my typewriter, and I would type poems for a dollar to question mark for people, and I ask them. I say, Hey, what do you want a poem about? And they'd be like burritos, and then I'd like you know write a poem about burritos and type it up and give it to them, and they'd give me you know like five bucks or whatever. And, and I had certain tricks that I would do that I would use over. And he, one of his tricks is Autumn, obviously, because we've seen it in two wait, wait. poems now. This one's kind of stupid. Um, it's called I Choose. <laughs> I choose to invoke my right of myth upon the drawstrings of the phantom mother just above come to gift the past. That's that's the Come to gift the past. That's <laughs> Is that what he said? Yes. <laughs> Come to gift the past. Oh, dude. That's <laughs> I still want to punch him in the fucking face. I do too. <laughs> Just a I terrible. watch behind a veil of shadows. <laughs> Hoping she won't look at my bald head. <laughs> The okay. killer in me is the killer in you. So this, this is this is the most whiny Smashing Pumpkins song that I can think of. This is called Muzzle. Uh, this is off of the... Um, oh, come on. I don't know. Take me to the video. Take the survey. Infinite sadness. Of course it is. 
Do you understand it? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, that was Smashing Pumpkins whining, whining, whining. Whiny little Whining, 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 whining. That's his whiniest song. I thought you all know, whiny songs. I thought Tonight was pretty whiny, too. I hate that song. Tonight. I hate Tonight. God. Yeah. Uh, I have a bunch of other songs. I would have to say my favorite song is actually Glynis. Do you know that song? It's on Siamese Dream. Uh, no, it's, it's actually like on. It's actually on the No Alternative soundtrack. Uh, it's from 1993, and I listened to it like a crazy bitch all the time. And it's it's a really really beautiful song. We'll we'll play it. We'll take another quick break because we made we made fun of Billy Corgan pretty hard. But that is a really really bad book of poetry. I mean, it's terrible. It's worse than. It's. I mean, have I don't. You, I don't want to. You don't read things that are that awful. Well, <laughs> I, I have. I mean, I, I used to teach poetry at uh, SFSU when I was a grad student, and I and I taught a lot of writing workshops, and there was some bad poetry, but but also they were like beginning poets. They weren't like I'm publishing a book now and it's good. He published a book. That narcissistic fuckball published a book of mediocre poetry for 18 bucks, and somebody bought it, and it's sitting here, and no one wants it. And no oh, one wants it. We oh. have a phone call. We're going to listen to a song by, by, we're going to listen to my favorite song by the Smashing Pumpkins, and then we'll be back maybe with this phone call. And uh, here we go. Mutiny Radio, Altacast.
We got it, Billy. You're into one love. We got it. He ain't into shit. All right, that was a pretty song. That was a pretty song by our friend, uh, our, t- our favorite terrible poet. Uh, <laughs> Billy, Billy Corgan. Egomaniac. So uh, people might be asking... Why? Why is Zach Wiseman here today? Why? What's going on with that? And uh, yeah, we're are actually. <laughs> this is exciting news. Uh, this last Friday of the month on Pumptastic's Comedy Clubhouse, it's actually a fundraiser. Uh, it's a dollar a minute fundraiser, and all the comedians are pledging a dollar a minute to the station to do their stage time. But what they're going to be performing in front of is uh, a, a wall of Zach Wiseman originals. Each, which will be sold for a dollar, and all the proceeds will go to Zach Wiseman. So we're hoping that he can make like 500 of them and maybe make $500 that night. I'm going to use all the profits to buy Billy Corgan poetry books. <laughs> See, I just like broetry, bro. <laughs> he better not. Uh, but he could do whatever he wants with the money. He can spend it on heroin for all I care. Uh, or but we're do- just not going to call here. the ambulance. Come, come, tell, <laughs> come tell the people about your weird acid roulette game. Which we still... He is, is he going to come back in? Yeah. So he's still... He, I have two of those. I have two of your weird acid roulette Altoids. Do you? Can I, I eat them? I do have them in my bag. I'm afraid. Tell everybody about this acid roulette game you're playing. Okay, so once in a while, um, I just, I'll just, uh, I'll just find a vial of acid. Okay, we'll just say I find a vial of acid, right? And then, uh, and then uh, I'll have a tin or two of mints, and I'll open a tin of mints, and then I'll just sparsely drop maybe ten hits of acid uh, on on the tin of mints, and then I'll close it and I'll shake it up. And now we're playing acid roulette. Would you like a mint? <laughs> would you like a mint? Would you like fresh breath? Or would you curiously like... Curiously strong. Curiously strong, fresh breath, and wild hallucinations. Yeah. Oh, uh, I ate... Uh, you got to get into the microphone there, baby. I ate a marshmallow treat last night at like 10, 11 o'clock. Oh, I'll relay for the people. He ate a marshmallow people last night. Dude, I woke up for work today. And he woke up for work today, and he was high as a goddamn cat. That's because my new marshmallow treats are amazing. I know. They're great. Uh, Jonathan doesn't like them. He doesn't like the flavor, and he likes the Krispies better. The Krispies are dope. I still have a couple in my fridge. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to be making, today, I'm going to go buy sundries, so um, I'm into the marshmallows. I think the marshmallows are awesome. I'd like to do marshmallow and cashew and then cover them in chocolate. I think that's what I'm going to do. So I make, like, little tiny um, Rocky Road bars. Remember those? Those were really good. I loved those back in the day. Uh, all right, so we have Timothy Pizza setting up for Some Call Me Tim with... Uh, Pam Benjamin and Aaron, drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. He's going to be our first guest. We're going to talk about uh, religion coming up next. And then he is going to be pervert fervor uh, and play with... And <laughs> we've got Aldo running around. We've got we've got Zach Wiseman playing with glue or paint. I'm not sure. Not huff it. He's going to huff it. That's great. Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, is rocking her Master of Puppets shirt still. Yeah, it's and, still on. And uh, I think that we should... Listen to more fuck, one more, more Smashing Pumpkins songs. Yeah, this is another song that I enjoy very much. Uh, that's kind of a deep cut from Smashing Pumpkins, and it's called Through the Eyes of Ruby. Have you heard of this one before? Yeah. Pizza, have you heard it? Heard mm-hmm. through, through the Eyes of Ruby. Have you heard this one before? No. See, oh, baby. Deep, deep cuts here. Coming. Like <laughs> 
We're talking about young sperm, which is what Billy Corgan's head kind of reminds me. Uh. He's kind of like a sperm swimming upstream. Uh, that was through the eyes of Ruby. That is a deep cut from Smashing Pumpkins. Deep, mm-hmm. deep cut. Yeah, it's deep, all right. Uh, a lot of people. <laughs> well, the, I mean, the thing is that on Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, it was a two-album, uh, two two-CD album. album, and the unfortunate part was that if Billy Corgan wouldn't have been such a narcissist, it could have been one epically awesome album. Instead, it was two. Mediocre albums. A lot of and people liked every great box set. No, I know in '97 it was the biggest thing. I '95. No, '95. 90, well, they went on tour for Melancholy of Sadness. I think that was '97. Oh, it was 1995, um, man. I, I'm I'm gonna look this up. Google that shit. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I liked Siamese Dream better. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and yeah. and Gish was the best one of all. Gish was good. And there's only one song. On Melancholy and the Infinite Boredom the, yeah. um, is Butterflies with Bullets. It bullify, bullets with Butterfly Wings. Yeah, yeah that yeah, one. Yeah. That one's yeah. a dope song. But other than that, the whole album can... You were right. It was 95. Yeah. So I went on... Because everyone, everyone was playing that fucking album all I know, and the it, was the, it was the... And that, that 1979 song. I hate that song. Yeah. I, no, that's, that's a little whiny that was song, a big, too. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, they're all whiny. Just... They're all whiny. All all the songs are whiny. I know, but the thing... (sighs) Some are are okay and whiny. (laughs) Some are okay. Some of them are great. Uh, And and, whiny. And definitely... We must have a meal, dog. That's pretty solid, Billy. (laughs) That's pretty solid. I'd like to read a poem. (laughs) Please, God, no. (laughs) Hey, so, Zach, so next time you go on a date, you should, like, take that Billy... You've never been on a date? date? Nope. Never, not once. Well, maybe this Billy Corbin book will inspire you. Put the microphone close to your mouth. Yeah, put it close to your mouth. And you've never been, you've never like, you've never asked a girl out on a date and gone out and like, no. I've asked girls out before, but I've never been on a date. Prom? Nothing. No. I I went to an alternative school. No no school dances? No, I failed out of uh, normal schools, and then I went to alternative school. They had alternative proms Okay, but dates? No. Things can be considered a date. You've eaten meals with women, but just the two of you. Um... Like, the word date doesn't have to be in. It doesn't have to be like, I'm picking you up and giving you a flower. No, I know, I know. I'm not stupid, but, uh... You've ate dinner... Come on, with man. people. It's usually groups of people. I'm usually with groups of people. Do, are there girls that you like? Do you have like? Do you ever yeah. get like crushes on girls and you're like, oh, I want to sleep with that girl? And then do you try or do you just? Look, look, look. I, I grew up in Alaska, so like, uh, this is typically how it would go. Uh, I'm not very outgoing, so like, my friends would like start like dating or like hanging out with chicks, and then they they would uh, realize that my friends are morons because my friends are always morons. And then they'd, like, uh, be attracted to me. And then I'd have to, like, argue with my friends that I'm not trying to fuck their girlfriend. That's, like, oh. basically my whole sex life. But you don't live there anymore. It's live st- now I just do stand-up comedy where it's basically the same thing. It's a small group of people. And I'm not going to go fucking talk to people because people are assholes. And then uh, I end up in this weird spot. It's just always a weird spot. I, I don't know. I didn't do it. Got, but got, you're not, I mean, but you don't have to like girls that are comedians. Are you just. 
Most people. I don't like most people in general. You're right. making this hard. I know. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, thank we God should... it's easy for me. I mean, I would be willing. I would be willing to. I, but it would be so weird to have like a speed date Zach Wiseman thing and have you choose a girl and and go out on your first real date with Look, an MP3 like, recorder so that we could the... play it later on the altar. <laughs> <laughs> The like people are already scared when I when I tell jokes on stage. It already fucks you people's brains. You think so? Up. I think. I yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 But it's like an arm's length kind of thing. People enjoy it from an arm's length. But like right. when you get close to that, they, they don't want to be close to that. That that's why they enjoy it. Is because it's a it's like a distant. Oh yeah. Tell all those suicide jokes. That's that's great. You but know. But there's but there are a lot of chicks that gravitate to that shit. You know. Absolutely. I, I know. I know some girls are. You know. Totally that dark side. It's kind of like that. Oh, it went out. You're, you're God damn it. Very sorry. Yeah. It's okay. the, yeah, you're back in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, you're a really attractive guy, Zach. You're really, you've got pretty eyes. Your yeah. hair is a little fucked up right now because you're just letting it go. <laughs> but you could like, if you. You got a dark side? He, no, you're a good looking guy. And if you, you know, didn't yeah. wear women's blouses on Wednesday from. Actually, uh, that works. Women like androgyny. Apparently not. Oh, well, what, I don't, I, I can't help you, man. I, I, I can't, nobody can, nobody can. It's the best part, nobody you, can. You paint yourself, though, as like, you don't, you don't put your, you don't paint yourself on stage as like a sexual person. You paint yourself on stage as like a sexual pervert. Dope. Perfect. I look like I've, I've never seen I've never seen someone uh, get into a relationship and then it actually better their life. I've never really? seen not fucking one time. I, wow. I, I every boyfriend I've ever been with, I've made their life better. Their life is better well, when I leave them. You're, than you're when an I was, exception, Pam. You're, I leave them better yeah, than I found them. This. I leave them better than I found them. I'm just saying I've never seen it. So you've I mean, never seen it. No. Nope. I dated a guy named Ian. He used to live with his mom and he didn't have a job. And he, and then he started dating me, moved out of his mom's house finally, and then he ended up getting a really cool job. Now he's got like a tech job, makes all his money, and dates bitches like crazy. <laughs> and all I had to do was break his heart and be like, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't date you in real life unless you don't live with your mom. And then he moved out of her house and grew up like a little adult. It was oh, great. Oh, oh. That's why I love to date 20, 23, 24-year-old, 25-year-old <laughs> guys, young guys, because they're so easily changeable. And to see you see the progress really quickly, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I but do. now I'm now I'm in that thirty. But, but I'm in I that like, young thirty range. I, I like I'm happy old. about it. I have daddy issues. Ah. Yeah. So Zach, you like him young? You like him old? What do you like him? Um, never. I just like uh people that I'm sexually attracted to. No age thing really, but uh. Good for you. Yeah, I don't know. Fucking people that aren't idiots, mature. People that aren't idiots. Mature. Hard to find. Really hard, hard to find. Hard to find in this city. On, honest so, people, honesty, that's also really hard to so find. So what do you do? What I mean, how do you fulfill your, I mean, you're. I beat off man. a lot. You beat off a lot. It's, uh, that's all I got going. Do you have like a, do you have one of those weird flashlight thingies? One of those weird like fake <laughs> no, mouth I'm not. I'm not investing a... money into my yeah, dick. Yeah, don't yeah, do that. You might as well get a prostitute by that point. Absolutely. Thank I do you. hookers as well, but hookers are expensive out here. Are they? Yeah. What's an average hooker cost? Uh, like 150, I think. Whoa! That's I, 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 yeah, well, I also make no money. Oh well. Yeah, so. Mm. 150 dollars. BJ? That's that's a good that, amount of money. God, I wish I could get. I wish I could get paid 150 dollars every time I had sex. You could, Pam. Pam, well, let no, me tell you, you thing, could do that. But not with like different people. I, I wouldn't want to have. And I'd have to like. Well, you just have to establish a clientele, Pam. I just have Those to establish. Those prices. Hell no. Nah. I'm more of those high-priced hoes. No way. I I mean, no. I don't 
I like Chris Knatzer's joke about when he says that people should spice up your love life, pay for sex every once in a while, make it make a nice transaction. Just leave her a hundred dollars. I'm like, I, actually, I, what I'm do you like, think dating is? That see now there we what's, go. What's That's dating? exactly what it is. It's, it's a financial transaction to exactly. see if you want to have sex with the person. Like, come on, let's not. I mean, we've been women. I mean, we're women. I've never we, really been on a date either. Oh, oh well, fuck. I don't. Then no I, you know, I've I've traded me. sex for food. Then I've been on a date. You know? You've traded sex for food. You've been on a date. Yeah, Zach, have you traded sex for food? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I've traded Tim, sex for no. food. Tim, no. Tim is mooging he's, out. Yeah. He's, All right, moog, so he's I, moog religion. Check out Some Call Me Tim with pervert fervor, which is just a cute play on words, isn't it? I'm really interested in Zach's bizarre closeted... Clo- he lives in a closet, so I that's why closet, I would say closet. closet, yeah. A literal closeted love love life. What's your... So, what... But, do you have this ideal? You're not searching. You don't believe in love. You don't ever think it's going to happen. You're going to die alone. You're never going to have a relationship. Ideally. You don't want to be in like a committed relationship with another person that you don't want to murder all the time. I, I think, I just, I think that's unfair to other people. I like, there's no, there's. You got to set the sat as a Zach free. Everyone has to experience it. No, what, what's the unfair part? Chaining one person down? And- I'm a, no, I'm a wreck. I'm a wreck of a person. And that's oh. rude to do to other people. I, I think people. Because I've seen people like be interested in me, and then just like, I I know they're not the type of person that would work. That could hang. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would be. I mean, I could have. I could have gotten into relationships, but that'd be fucking. That would be disingenuous, first of all, and fucking rude. I would just be taking time from this person that they could be meeting someone who's not a fucking maniac. You know what I mean? Wow. That's rude. I mean, I'm pretty crazy too. I'm a kind of a. I mean, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a mess. I I do. I cry a lot alone in the dark or and I yell a lot and that's the problem is poor Jonathan he has to he I I yell near him so I'm not yelling at him it's nothing he did it's things other people do and I vent to him and that's that's pretty fucking annoying for a boyfriend got to do all the time so I feel badly for him I think I'm a decent girlfriend I cook I like like to do like go off with my friends and you go off with your friends and then maybe we can get together I don't care you know? See, you're a little bit more distant. We, yeah. I, when I'm in a I relationship, mean, we're like, we do everything together. Like the hours away that he's at work, I'm like, is there a way you can get me a job at your work so I can be near you more? Yeah, I don't like that. I don't. To me, that's like being smothered. It's just oh. like, like I, if I'm, I can come home to you. That's cool. Oh, I love to be smothered. You know, that's. I don't like to be. I'm just like, maybe it's because I'm the only child, and I just like I understand alone time. Or I'm also fearful in that relationship because when I do get in relationships, I get scared. Meaning, like, I'm scared that I'm wasting my time. <laughs> Zach, do you like smother, no smother? No smother, definitely. No smother. Yeah, yeah, You need to be free. You need to <clears throat> do your no yeah, smother. definitely. No smother bitches. No. That means that bitch is calling all the time, asking where you're at or who you with. Or or just over texting, uh, being like, I love you. What I are hate you doing that, right yeah. Now? Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I like, I'll give people, I'll trust people enough to just, like, let them, you know, break that trust. That's that they do it. They do it almost every time. People are horrible. Okay, t- uh, you, you need a hug. Let, list the <laughs> nah, list the fix it. List <laughs> the past three horrible things that people have done to you. Um, we'll show you. You have to think of yours too. The past three. The past three. Or three in, that re- just pop into your mind. In relationships or just like with family? Just with, well, we were just talking about people in general. So horrible oh things people have done. Specifically um, to you, where you feel betrayed. 
I don't, I don't trust people enough to let them betray me, but, <laughs> but there's uh, a point in time. People, okay, here's a, here's the thing that's happening now, and nobody's gonna listen to this, so it's hilarious. Um, <clears throat> everybody, everybody talks about me, like everybody talks about me, but nobody talks to me. Like I, people, people, uh, just assume things about me based on what other people tell them. So right now I'm doing this thing where I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, on the internet and in person, I'm just going to present myself as a person. I can't quit doing drugs. I'm spiraling out of control. I'm going crazy. I'm going to do that for probably a month. And I haven't done drugs for like five days now, and I'm just not going to do drugs the whole time. So, uh, on the internet, it'll seem like I'm going insane, and I'm losing it. You write funny I'll, things, though. You write really funny <clears throat> things. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just that. keep, I'll just keep continuing to just look better and like start exercising and shit. And it'll, it's going to be great because everybody's still going to have all these fucking bullshit things they're going to say about me. I mean, like there, there are people uh, right now that are saying that uh, we are having sex. Who? I'm not, I'm not doing that. But uh, I'm not telling you who. But you just said we. I'm like you no, 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 me? no, no. Me, me, and the oh. person, the person. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Because so, so. I was like, I thought you were, you were looking at me, and you said we, and I'm like, when did that rumor go around? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that rumor. The so, rumor. I've heard a different rumor about me, but not that one. Yeah. So there's there are people out there uh, <laughs> saying that we're having sex. Uh, I'm sure partially because I've been on television, right? And then, so I, 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 uh, I just have to like dispel all these like dumb rumors. I mean, it's just shit like that constantly. People are just liars and manipulators. Why would they say they're having sex with you? I don't fucking know. I don't know. There's a lot of delusional but they're doing people. It. Maybe she wants to have sex with you. Is it a guy? No, it's a girl. Okay. But yeah, still. I mean, re- regardless, regardless, <laughs> never approached me. Just gonna say shit to other people. Wow. You know what I mean? It's really that. bizarre. It is, and that's why I don't fucking trust anybody. Delusional. Wow. Delusional people. See now, we're we're so uh, a rumor started that Steve Poggi and I were. Right. Doing that. And that's not true at all. We've never, we've never even, even when I was single, when I knew him before, we've never even made out. I've never even kissed Steve. We've never even like had like back. There's never been any like weird sexual anything between me and Steve Poggi. And yet people have, I've heard from other people that they're like, oh yeah, Pam and Steve are like totally. And I'm like, okay, I hang out with him a lot because he and my boyfriend are like best friends and we're always together all the time. The thing is, and, people uh, who start rumors like that are bored anyway. I they're, mean, they must be. They're fucking bored. Seriously. It's just like, you have nothing else going on in your boring-ass life. So let's start some shit. Okay. It's it's delusional. That's pretty crazy, though, that that's that someone said that you were having sex with them and you weren't. That's really kind of crazy if it started by them. Uh, that hey. Wish, that wish could have came true for you, man. Speaking yeah, of... Yeah, they could have just contacted me. We'd be fucking. Right. Absolutely, right? Did idiot. You find your, did you find her attractive? You're idiot. Do you find her attractive? Uh, not bad, but yeah, yeah. fucking idiot. She could, you could actually be having sex with her. Uh, so did everybody see, I didn't get to see because I had it blocked. Can you tell me what happened on the internet last Friday? Did you see all that go down? What? No. Okay, you didn't see it either. I stay off Ooh. the internet. The guy, the, remember the guy who said I was a racist? Yes. He put out another post last Friday, but I didn't get to see it because I, I'm, blocked I blocked him. him. And so I guess it was all about like he posted a picture of his dick, so it ended up getting flagged, and oh yeah, sent I did away. hear about this a little bit. Yeah, I have no idea what yeah, the fuck that I, was. Yeah, it was it was like he just he like wrote this thing about how I'm like a racist white bitch and I, he could run Mutiny Radio better or something like that. And then everybody started posting pictures of their dicks, like, and I didn't even get to be privy to any of this. And then Mary Bushy's like, oh, you mu- this you must have had a rough day today on Friday. And I'm like, 
no, I, I heard about it, but I didn't see anything. And she's like, oh, I was feeling so badly for you all day. And I was like, <laughs> ignorance is bliss, I guess, because I didn't even know so, that there were so many, so, so many decided dicks. to just put his dick up. Yeah, just, on the Bay Comedy Network. And then, like, Butch Escobar put up dick pics, too. He's like, don't talk to talk, talk about Pam like that. Butch is or dope. something. He's rad, I know. He's awesome. I love Butch Escobar. He's an amazing. Real motherfuckers. <laughs> one of the real motherfuckers. Uh, so, what's one of the worst things that's uh, people have, how someone maybe not betrayed you, but it's just been a shitty person, LaToya? Um, God, it's happened so often. Um, I had to go through my top 20 in my head. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm, I guess thinking from like a relationship perspective, my ex-boyfriend who I had to hunt down for my abortion money. Oh. Um, yep. And uh, after, you know, him being broke and all that, and I'm having the oh. job, and he, um, I paid for his apartment and... Uh, his uh, bills and stuff. I went. I was one of those bitches for a minute, and I got. That always blew, that always blew my fucking mind. When I saw, when I, I'd, I'd like not like have a job or something, and then there'd be another dude who didn't have a job who was also an idiot, and he'd have he'd be like living at some girl's house. I'm like, yeah. what fucking magic spells do you know, dude? Right. None. Right. It's just it's it's a, it was a growing pain, and trust me, that shit will never happen again. But you know, like you had to hunt him down. Yeah. So this like you know he came to the doctor with me and all that. Woo woo woo. Um, and you know, we broke up a couple months later and he still owed me $250. That's half the abortion bill. I pay half, right. you pay half. It takes sure. two to make this baby and kill it. Right. Absolutely. And so he runs off, gets married to some 19 year old broad. Oh I don't God. see him for about a year. Then a year later passes. He comes to the bar and I'm like, yo, where's my fucking money? Right. <laughs> He's like, I'm like, I don't have any money. I'm like, well, you can't come into this bar until you pay me my money. Absolutely. I had to go Goodfellas on his ass, minus like the baseball bat and Joe Pesci shit. Right. But like, finally, you know, he gave me my money and we're, we're, we're cool. There you go. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I mean, that's kind of like a diet light version of what people have done to me. Right. I've had a lot worse, but that one, you know, give me my money for my abortion. Absolutely. That shit ain't cool. There was a guy who lied <laughs> once when I was in my 20s and I believed him. Uh, I was with my husband, actually, at the time. We weren't married yet, but I was still with him. We were doing a play. And uh, he told me that his grandma was dying and he needed to borrow. <sighs> 400 bucks we were in a play together and I was like oh okay and so I lent him the money and then he skipped time I never saw him again never saw that money I called and his grandma ended up calling me and I was like you're supposed to be dead and she's like excuse me and I was like that's what he said this guy said you were dead and she's like we're trying to hunt him down because he needs to go to rehab I'm like I know I know exactly right trying to make me go to rehab that's fucked up it is. People are fucked up. So what, what we've learned today on the AltaCast uh, is that marijuana reduces opiate uh, overdoses. Uh, we've learned that Zach Wiseman doesn't believe in love. Again. Yeah, that he, he's a, he thinks he's an unlovable creep. You need a uh, hug. We learned that Billy Corgan is not a poet. God, no. And, uh, no. <laughs> no. No. And we learned that uh, Latoya is uh, in. She is in her mid thirties now. And it's an exciting. Uh, you, still, you look. I mean, not that it's about looks, but you 
do look amazing. Uh, yeah, thank you. My insides probably don't look amazing, though, what I've done to them so far. That makes me want to get a beer, girl. Uh, everybody vote yes on Prop 46 this November. And, uh, oh, we also learned that Zach Wiseman will argue for anything, including <laughs> Trump. Just, exactly. Just because. You will not win this one. He won. He won. He definitely won. No, I ain't won. giving it that. Uh, no. Uh, all right. We're going to see you guys. Now. Well, we'll, some of you guys will stick around for um, some call me Tim. The new show. The new show about how people relate to religion, higher powers, the old gods and the new, uh, or just being high. That works too. Uh, just whatever their belief system is, what they have faith in, what they don't. I'm interested. And uh, yeah, that's it on the AltaCast. Play that breaker, and we're going to get out of here. Just double-click on that blue thing right there. Oh, Donald Trump. Oops, we don't want to hear about Donald Trump. Donald Trump, nothing. Double-click on that blue thing right there. It's clicky-clicky. Boop, 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 boop. i got so many boop, wires. Boop, boop. There you go. It should be going. There we go. Are you Bye. tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are you on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) 
Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission High for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. (laughs) 